Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Lisa Opal. Now close the door and tune out the noise, because we're about to get deep and dirty. Hello and welcome to another episode of Deep and Dirty. I'm your host, Lisa Opal from Please Pinch Me Hard. And today I have a wonderful guest. Anna is a pleasure and liberation facilitator, and she will tell us more about that in a moment. And we went live on Instagram and talked about all things BDSM. And for those of you who have never dipped their toes into it, be prepared for an episode that tells you what it is what it isn't, because that's the most important part, and everything it can do for you in areas you've probably never considered. So tune on in, stay tuned, it's going to be a riveting ride. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure. Yes, I've already, um, I didn't uh, spoiler anything. Uh, I said that you have to introduce yourself because I don't want to do you any injustice because it's just amazing all the things you do and your background. So I would say without further ado, please, please, please tell everybody who you are and what you do and then we're going to dive straight on in. Please, please which is by the way also both of our handles on yes. Instagram. <laughs> ah, we're so good. Consensual always. So yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's not pleasure otherwise. Nope. <laughs> so uh I my name is Anna and my name on Instagram is uh, please counseling and I am a certified sexual counselor but uh, I prefer to define myself as a pleasure activist and a pleasure and liberation facilitator. Um, this is because my goals are uh, connection and intimacy, whether they are um, within the community or between partners uh, or with our own body and our own senses. And uh, connection and intimacy encompass a lot more than sex. So that's why I started uh, with sexual counseling and then I said, no, pleasure liberation it is. Yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You said it. You know, in the last few podcast episodes I did, um, it is actually that we've been trying to unlearn and teach the difference between just sex and intimacy and sensuality, etc. I feel it's such a present subject at the moment. I didn't want to interrupt you. I, I just, I love that. No, no, time I, love it, I, go, I, yes. I like that there is a dialogue and I like to see that uh, what I feel so strongly is also found uh, uh, within the bigger community. Um, so really absolutely. good to know that, really good absolutely. to know. Um, so today, um, I was thinking about speaking of the branch of pleasure that also is um, overlapping with pain, which is BDSM and how unconventional sexual practices such as BDSM uh, can also be used as a tool for liberation. And in the end, I will speak about pleasure activism. Uh, but I don't want to spoil that concept just yet. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, for anybody that doesn't know me, just to see where I've come from and why I've asked you to have this chat with me, um, a lot of my followers are women, and I know that many of them are at a point where they're maybe in a long-term relationship or they've had a change in their life or they've become mothers and they are rediscovering their lust 
their sensuality, trying to understand their bodies, etc., or trying to re-spark a flame in a relationship. And what we often overlook, I find, are all the possibilities of lust, of sex, of intimacy, of sensuality. And I used to work in a fetish shop in Berlin and the realm of BDSM for me was amazing. I, I've dabbled in it, I enjoyed it, I love watching it, I like taking part in it. And I think there are so many misconceptions about BDSM and I'd love it if for a start you could just completely break down the components for anybody who is out there thinking it's Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, <laughs> that is Which, one of my pet She's a perfect example of what consent <laughs> is not. Thank you. <laughs> it's also when people say to me, oh, you write erotic literature, uh, so you do like Fifty Shades of Grey. I go, oh, right, exiting nope. this conversation. Thank you so much. So, um, yeah. I would love it if you could give us, whether it's personal, whether it's the, the absolute textbook answer, maybe a nice mixture of both, sort of where you've come from, how you experience it, and what you find fascinating about all of it. Yes, and because you mentioned the Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, you made me think about the fact that uh, my first encounter with BDSM was through literature, like the classic literature, the Marquis de Sade or Sacher uh, um, Masoch, from which we derived the name uh, sadism and masochism. So that's really classic literature, but also like um, classical uh, erotic movies or porn. And the concept of consent was totally missing from there. And uh, so my first encounter with BDSM was without the concept of consent. So I thought, oh, I'm really attracted from all this, but it sounds also really not ethical at <laughs> all. And, <laughs> and I thought, I mean, that was my only, like the only thing I've seen so far. So I thought that was the only way to practice it. And I thought, okay, I like it, but I also don't agree with it. So I will try to stay as far away as possible. Mm. Um, and it took me many, many other years uh, to realize that you can do all these things uh, with consent and with ethic and with care and with uh, interest uh, for the pleasure of your partner. Um, so, yeah, that's just yeah, <laughs> because you mentioned the Fifty yes. Shades of Grey. Um, but before starting to talk about PTSM, maybe it's useful to make a little uh, sum up of all the jargon because um, this kind of subculture has a lot of definitions and uh, abbreviations. So at least a little bit uh, has to be explained uh, so that we can uh, um, understand each other during the talk. Absolutely. So we start from the basic terminology of kinky. What is kinky sex and what are kinks? So kinky means twisted or bent, and it's practically um, encompassing all the non-normative sexual behavior. Non-normative means the not classical one, which we would also call the vanilla. Oh. Vanilla is the ice cream <laughs> that most people like, and it's like the most like the normal sex. Mm. And the other sex is the kinky one. Um, and... Uh, then BDSM, 
BDSM is an abbreviation. So we have the B and the D. So B is for bondage. And then we have DS. D is for domination. And S is for submission. And this would be like two complementary role, the dominant and the submissive. And then S again, S and M would be sadism and masochism. And these are the other two complementary roles. Sadism is a person, a sadistic person who likes to inflict pain. And a masochistic person is a person who likes to receive the pain. Um, and another important terminology maybe to use would be the term of fetish. So fetish, um, people are often surprised because it does not mean what people think it means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the fetish is a fixation for an object or for a body part or a behavior that are not deemed as sexual. So what does it mean? An object would be like a shoe, um, a lipstick, uh, sunglasses, uh, uh, or a body part uh, could be even like, I don't know, ears, uh, feet. And that's, that's, really, feet. That's, that's really, <laughs> it's always the feet. a really like um, famous one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, and fetish does not need to be, um, to have a dynamic of domination and submission. Uh, a person can just like feet just because they like feet. There, there doesn't need to have uh, like a power dynamic uh, and there doesn't need to be any pain involved. So that's, uh, the, the, the fetish is a little bit uh, like staying aside, uh, but also really together with the BDSM community. Um, then, because we said, okay, BDSM has a lot of names and jargon. It also has a lot of rules. Mm. Um, we start always, always from the rules of safety and consent. And uh, because we didn't have enough uh, abbreviations so far, uh, even all the consent frameworks uh, have different <laughs> abbreviations, but we don't need to enter into that details right now. But just be aware that there are different types of consent frameworks in which people agree on what they do, what they like, um, in different ways, let's say. Um, I think, some... sorry yeah. to interrupt, I think um, for people who have never encountered, sometimes I forget, I, I feel I'm in such a bubble because I talk to people who know all these things, who have done all these things, who are comfortable talking about all of these things. And sometimes I forget myself that there are people sat somewhere who maybe like feet or want to get into bondage or um, rubber or something where they think, oh, I'm weird. <laughs> and they have a partner sat there and they're thinking, okay, what, where do I even go with this? What, what do I do? How do I start a conversation? Um, I know a lot of people, it's kinky sex. It's things that extend beyond vanilla. Uh, of course, safety, consent, these are all things that are very sturdy. But for the benefit of that first conversation, how, how would you approach that kind of topic with a partner or with yourself? Or how would you go about that? 
Yeah, that's a really, um, a really focal point because even before talking about the consent framework and the safety, you'll actually need to talk about your desires uh, with your partner. Yeah, and that's not easy at no, all. It should be. It should it be. It should be. And even because there is nothing people, wrong about it. No, exactly. <laughs> and you know, and that's exactly what I was going to say because for a lot of people, they sit there and they Google and they look at all these things and they think, oh my God, but I must be so weird just because I would yeah. like to wear nylons and, and, you know, and then they think they're weird. So maybe if you could walk us through that yes. first real yes, inhibition and, and how maybe, I don't know, there are different ways to approach that kind of topic with yourself and with a partner perhaps. Yeah, so first of all, I think it's important to approach it with ourselves and be reassured that it is not actually that weird because, <laughs> mo because actually most people have some kind of kink. We all have different ones. And for some people, they are more important and for some people, they are less important. Uh, but most people have something. Yeah. Like it's not that we all like to just have missionary positions and look each other in the eyes. And that's it. Like yes. most of us likes to have a variety. And uh, also one thing that is really exciting uh, is uh, breaking boundaries and breaking yeah. taboos. Yes. So, and that's like by definition exciting because it's daring. So most people like that. And we are also frightened by that because that's really part of the why we like it because mm. it's frightening. Thrill seeking. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So once we have talked with ourselves and reassured that uh, we are not weird, mm -hmm. um, then <laughs> we can uh, maybe start by documenting, like reading about it uh, in proper sources. How does uh, the things that we like work? And uh, after that, after we know something about it, we can approach our partner and try to ask them uh, um, maybe start approaching them and asking them if they have some fantasies because most people would have some so then we can start a conversation and sharing each other's fantasies instead of uh, like us coming and dumping uh, our own uh, just uh, like okay i want to do this this and that and your feet must be there <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds a bit uh, wow. <laughs> but uh, if it is more like an exchange and an opening like mutual opening of what we like and what we would like to try and what we are curious about uh, it's like a more an open conversation especially if we say we are curious about something so we are not saying i want to do this and i want to do it all the time we could say just we are curious about it what would you think about it and maybe also give more information about how that practice actually work. Because many things um, might look scary. And uh, when you actually look into that and you start to approach to those things gradually, they doesn't have to be they don't have to be that scary. Because one could think about, I don't know, impact play like whipping. Um, that seems scary. It can be very scary. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you don't need to start uh, hardcore with the biggest whip you find. Mm -hmm. You can just start very lightly and playfully with some light spank, and it's just like a game be between partners. Just see how it feels. Uh, it doesn't even have to be painful, really, because like a light uh, a light slap doesn't really have to be painful. <laughs> it's more like a hard cuddle. 
Yeah, so, so, but, so would you say that there is actually something quite liberating about approaching a partner about certain fantasies that maybe I would say personally it can deepen trust, it can, it can take a relationship possibly to another level? It's obviously very nerve-wracking, but it could also be very liberating if I'm not entirely Absolutely, wrong. Absolutely, yes, because I mean, there is, I don't think there is anything better than uh, sharing uh, with our partners and this is something that if we are passionate about it or curious about it or excited about it uh, sharing it with our partner um, yes it's vulnerability vulnerability is always sexy mm. um, but I do understand it can also be especially I mean if a couple has been together for a long time and they have always done something different and more classic so far um, it is really um, legitimate to be scared to approach approach this uh, these topics. So maybe I would also try to speak about why we think that's exciting. Mm. Because when we speak about the why, so okay, a lot of the things are really really psychological. So it's not really about the feet, about the spank, about the. It's about what makes us feel, what that act makes us feel. Like, do I like to feel uh, vulnerable? Do I like to feel defenseless? Do I like to feel uh, very dominant and strong? So when mm. you start to speak about this, like in terms of feelings and emotions, um, you can like start speak to, with your partner like how would you say like would you like it for me to be a bit more dominant but in a playful way just playing with you and we can get out of that dynamic at any time we're just playing together and we can try to be more dominant or more submissive and just see how that feels mm -hmm. and that usually the feeling of dominance or submission can uh, uh, bring to different uh, places for different people because some people would reconnect it with bondage and for some people would reconnect it with impact play and for some other people uh, it would be about uh, protocols and serving and um, taking care and so very different kind of things mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yes yeah, so, so in order document yourself approach with curiosity with your partner start sharing uh, Mm, speaking about the emotions that you are attracted to mm -hmm. and maybe if you want to feel uh, submissive or dominant uh, you can find something that both you and your partner like that will make you feel submissive or dominant mm -hmm. so maybe it's not going to be immediately what you thought mm -hmm. maybe in the beginning you were thinking about bondage but maybe the intersection of your desires will be starting with something different i don't know like a bandage i don't know mm -hmm. Um, and then start slow because it doesn't have to be the hardcore uh, uh, rubber and whip uh, and uh, chains and uh, all these things that we are used yeah. to see. <laughs> there, like, uh, there can be that. Yeah. There can be that, uh, and uh, that can be part of the game. Yeah. Because I, I really, I really see that like uh, children playing, uh, and you dress up yeah. and you act a role, and you're playing with your partner. So that can be a really nice dress up with chains and rubber and everything, but there doesn't have to be. And you don't have to start really hardcore. 
you can just start something really, really nice and slow and uh, gradual. And I feel even, especially in long-term relationships, when you when that honeymoon phase has gone, which is where a lot of my work takes place, I feel even that step, that communication with a partner, that is almost already the foreplay. You haven't even got to actually doing anything you haven't bought some costume you haven't bought a whip you haven't you haven't done any of these things just the sitting down talking to each other about something other than your routine daily business how was your day how was my day what are the kids doing how are your parents you've taken that first step in reigniting and again because i love this word liberation in liberating yourself liberating your desires and your fantasies so before you even step foot into any shop or open any browser to look at anything that your heart may desire you've actually already opened that door to a more open communication that will further your relationship at the end of the day that's really true i remember that uh, when i was speaking about bdsm with a friend of mine uh, who is vanilla uh, i was telling her that uh, there is this initial part in which uh, it's called in jargon negotiation mm -hmm. and it sounds really boring and long <laughs> and and she told me but are you not tired and bored to negotiate with your partner what you like to do and so on and i told her no that's so exciting to yeah. talk with your partner about what excites you, about telling your secrets, opening up, uh, um, exploring fantasies. Mm. You can have that conversation in a really boring way if you want, but most mm. likely when you're talking about your desires and your fantasies, what is boring about that? It's uh... Exactly. And I feel sometimes, um, I would because I'd love to talk more also about BDSM and the, the physical impacts and how it can liberate your body, etc. I don't even think we'll cover half of the stuff because your spectrum is so broad. I think we're just going to have to do several of these uh, Instagram lives and podcasts because it is just so much and it's so much that so many people have no access, no contact with or to. Um, but anybody who's at the beginning of this journey i think it's so important that it starts in our heads and a lot of uh i don't know if sex practitioners or sex therapists um a lot of the things i read was how we need to drop into our bodies now i a hundred percent agree that our society we're very much in our heads that's what inhibits a lot of relationships in developing because we're not focused on our physical sensations we get too stuck in our minds but i feel especially with something like bdsm which can further the physical intimacy the it starts in the, the uh, oh yes. that spark <laughs> that fire those fantasies those images and it doesn't even mean that all of that will happen that all of that will come true but to enable a conversation i always say to a lot of people try texting try um you know if that first conversation seems too daunting start with something small maybe send a funny meme or something that will further that 
whatever it is, or sometimes I say, talk about it in third person. Oh, my friend went to a sex club and they saw somebody doing shibari and bondage and they said it was crazy. Do you think it's crazy? Sometimes I just say, you know, just play, pretend, just, but that initial part of having it in your mind, I feel that can be a way into it instead of starting with the body instead of starting with i'd like you to spank me we can start with an sms or a conversation about so if you were to spank me would you have me lying on your lap would you have me bent over the chair well those small things that is what's going to cause the physical sensation yeah, i like that because you already put some details so the person receiving is already imagining different scenarios that's it i mean I'm i like an that author, so that's really evocative play, exactly i play with the brain but um so many people i think have inhibitions when it comes to this whole realm of bdsm because they just think oh my partner if it's like a heteronormative relationship which we should totally also get into i'm also bisexual i'm very switchy i struggle with the switchiness i think oh, that's a whole other bisexual switches then <laughs> yes <laughs> i think i think that's a whole other area that we're probably going to have to cover but if we think of a heteronormative relationship uh, a lot of women think Ooh, BDSM, I'm going to be bent over and my male partner is going to come in, they're going to spank me, they're going to tell me what to do. And my goodness, it couldn't be further from the truth. I, I know too many couples where it's exactly the opposite, where the man wants to be dominated. And that doesn't mean she's going to turn up in thigh highs and a corset and whip him. Sometimes it's so much simpler. Can you give us an insight of like these these myths um, which i would really like absolutely. to debunk <laughs> and this is actually my favorite topic ever. beautiful <laughs> i love the yes. way we got here <laughs> because this is uh, this is uh, basically how the power dynamics in society affects what we like or don't mm -hmm. like in sex mm -hmm. so if we have in society it is believed that the man has to be strong and dominant and responsible and take decisions and so on. And the woman has to be more sweet and submissive and accepting and um, be like willing to be taken care of and so on. Mm -hmm. And this is, uh, even if we are progressing as a society, it's still uh, like the, the dominant uh, feeling that we get. Yeah. What happens is that we get this uh, imposition and we start to feel it heavy. So we start to kind of want to rebel from that kind of imposition. So that's why we have several men who would like to be submissive. Mm. Because for them, when society tells them continuously to be strong and be in charge and so on, they can't think about anything more exciting than make the opposite. Yeah. So be just relax and let someone else be in charge and that for them is like whoa yeah yeah wow yes and it's so crazy because society <coughs> will now have you think that's that ceo wait for it that goes to a dominatrix and has that
mm-hmm. that control taken away from him when it could just be so much simpler. It's, it's a simple role reversal that can work in the easiest of ways. And tell us more, tell us more about and these power the, plays. The opposite, <laughs> the opposite side would be the woman. So if you've been uh, conditioned that you need to be submissive, accepting, uh, humble, and so on, um, like drawing in on our dominant side. And uh, first of all, it can be difficult mm-hmm. in the beginning because um, you've never been allowed to do certain things or to say certain things or to behave in a certain way. And also we have some pretty toxic examples of what dominance look like, or maybe we have only the example of male dominance. So mm-hmm. how does a dominant woman look like? Yeah. The examples we have are maybe what we call a bitch. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and, that's, <laughs> and that's because society that usually don't like women who, take, who are in charge and who are dominant. Um, so you would, you would be like, okay, but so how, do, how can I be dominant? What do I do? What do I say? How do I put my hands? Like, um, do I have to stand there with my hands yeah. on my hips? Do I have and... to stand or can I sit? <laughs> yeah. But do I have to do wear I those have, thigh highs? Do I, have, do I have to mistreat yeah. my partner? Do I have to offend him? Do I have to tell him, you piece yeah. of shit, you are burning, exactly. blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Or do I if they want to? that <laughs> can be it can be something that is pleasurable for both it yeah. can be yeah but there is also something very different like something that can be much more playful and ironic like uh, oh my little um, I don't know um, are you in pain now uh, don't mm. uh, don't tell me and are you liking it uh, so with this like uh, mm. soft voice uh, but also that uh, like a bit taking uh, the peace out of yeah. them yeah. and they know that you are in control and that's so exciting but you are not like just um, making offenses rain on them but uh, you're playing with yeah. them you're maybe like just joking with them mm. they, don't take yourself too seriously I think that's one um, very good advice for when you are approaching yourself mm. to dominance mm. because if you think about taking yourself super seriously you're putting so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. And that's really the opposite feeling of dominance. Dominance is um, doing what you want. Yeah. So if you have some pressure from outside that tells you to be a dominant, you have to be this and that. That's the opposite of dominant. Look in what you want. Do you mm. want to say these like, offenses and so on? Do you want to be more playful? And maybe speak with your partner because consent is not only about uh, the physical practices but also about what kind of language should we use uh, what kind of mood do we want to give do we want like a very humiliating uh, um, stuff or do we want something more playful something more sensual there are so many different moods that can uh, that can happen so i think that's uh, that's also part of uh, the negotiation, so the initial dialogue and I think, uh, that we should have with our partner. I think, um, before you get on to the next bit, I think also, uh, I know from personal experience, I think there's also a development in what kind of dominant you are or want to be, and I think that evolves as well. And there needs to be a certain yes. space 
to so, allow uh, for, for, for years, that to uh, for years, I've been wanting to do a class about uh, find your own dominant archetype, yes. and I will do yes. it very soon. Yes, <laughs> call me. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, because I do. Um, I I watched a fantastic workshop on sensual dominance, and I feel the where do I come from as a dominant and. Uh, for myself or the the path that I've been on I'm <laughs> it's the switchy vibe on the one hand I feel it's a I want to get what I want as a dominant I think that's a very powerful vibe that's out there as well within the realm of dominance but there's also the uh well what many people know as the good girl or good boy etc vibe which is more about the dominance of someone else's pleasure all these levels so many people don't know about in dominance all they see is somebody in black holding a whip and handcuffs mm -hmm. and within the sensual dominance there is again there is so so much and it takes time to develop where you are right mm -hmm. and even where a as a submissive uh, there is so many styles yes. and moods that you can have uh, because you can be a slave which is really oriented to service uh, and there is a really strong power dynamic uh, but you don't have to be a slave just to be submissive you can be something completely different you can uh, think about being a schoolgirl mm. who has to be punished so that's a really different mood from being a slave or a brat. Or you, yes, or a brat. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which is so much fun. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yes, okay. but all these things, I think, um, and that's why I'm always reminded to do these kind of uh, lives and podcasts because there's still just so much stigma and pop media, everything. Yes, it's all developing and we're having more exposure in media, but there are so many levels and it's so playful and I've never experienced so much trust and safety and communication within a community as much as I did within the BDSM community. Mm -hmm. And I think relationships can profit from everything that goes on within all these conversations and these practices, etc., because it doesn't happen in normal relationships. And sometimes due to safety and consent and pushing the boundaries for ourselves physically and mentally, it opens up so much more in our communication within a normal relationship. Uh, That's true. I remember I had this uh, conversation with some uh, kinky friends uh, saying like this negotiation uh, even the vanilla couples should yes. do it why why uh, people who have normal sex why can they not speak about what they like and what they don't like maybe yes. they like very classical things and what's wrong about talking about it you can just improve the connection and the intimacy and the vulnerability and also setting the mood with speaking about fantasies so really this part this part about discussing can benefit every kind of couple and, and every kind of relationship and in every level of the relationship too i always like to just give the example of 
maybe you're feeling in a sexy mood, but I don't know, uh, you're ovulating, you don't want your boobs touched, you, uh, I don't know, or you want it particularly rough that day because you had a rough day and you'd like somebody to just take control. It's, it's not about, it's like you said, the emotions. I think that's such an important part because even in a non-kinky, vanilla relationship, there are still so many things that you might prefer one day and not the other day. And being able to communicate that and also your boundaries is important. Yes, and it's true even like, uh, um, yes, specific to your physical state of that moment. I don't know, maybe you are tired and the idea of having a sex session is just making you really, really more tired. So you could either say to your partner, no, or you could tell to your partner, okay, but you do all the work, which yeah. is not really exciting, but you could say the exact same concept, but in a sexy yes. way. Just tell them, okay, but I want to be spoiled. I'm not going to do anything, and I expect you to please me. Exactly. Because I'm really exactly. tired. Exactly. Just start massaging me. Yes. Well, and then you're it. saying the exact same thing. You are expressing your physical state. You are expressing what are what is your desire of the moment because it doesn't have to be the same all the time but in this moment you are tired and you would like to be taken care of exactly. and the partner can say either yes or no because maybe they wanted something different and that's totally yeah. fine maybe yes. yes it just it avoids so many misunderstandings and and unfulfilled expectations and unsaid uh, issues within a relationship mm-hmm. right yeah absolutely yeah um i think it's a really big 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 thing to uh, talk about and to get into what is so tell us first of all tell us a bit more about your workshops and what you do uh because then i'd love to hear from you what some of the things are that people carry to you or some of the questions or you know some of the areas where you notice there's a lot more education needed or wanted yes so um the workshops that i'm doing are about pleasure activism which is a concept that i didn't create it was created by um uh, American uh, um, activist and uh, speaker and writer and facilitator. Uh, she's called Adrienne Marie Brown. Buy the book. And, um, Read it. Mm. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, it's a, it's a really nice book. Absolutely. Yeah. So this concept of pleasure activism, it's about the fact that everything that is pleasure, which is can can be sex, but not only sex. It can be food. It can be music, fashion, whatever. Everything that is connected to pleasure is uh, more moralized and politicized. And at the same time, everything that is pleasure can be used to uh, um, do politics, so to obtain mm. liberation. Because we are used to think about uh, uh, activism and um, the fight for liberation as something that has always to be angry and violent mm. and... Uh, mm which, I mean, anger is an important part of fight because anger brings to deconstructing and we need to deconstruct in order to create something new and something better. But we don't have to be angry all the time. The fight for freedom and to have a better life can be pleasurable 
and that is what pleasure activism is about. So um, how I um, translated this concept into my workshops is that I have different dates and in each date we work on a different kind of pleasure. So I have already done one workshop, it was about pleasure in food and that was uh, all things encompassing body positivity and body image. Um, and uh, what also uh, emerged was uh, the relationship with our own bodies when we are in chronic pain. Mm -hmm. So it's not only about our aspect, uh, appreciating our body is not only about our aspect, but it's also about uh, pain and the level of energy that we have and maybe health. Uh, and all these kind of things uh, can bring a lot of guilt. Mm -hmm. uh, so how to navigate with that and how to use it for liberation. And the next uh, workshop instead, it will be about uh, pleasure from touch and smell. So um, I really like this because we are, especially touch, we are used to think about touch only in connection with uh, sex, with your partner. When touch is actually such an important sense that is uh, related to how we become intimate with other people, not only with partners, but also with friends, with parents. Um, and the fact that touch is uh, really helping us to regulate our emotions. So why should we keep the touch only connected to our partner when it's such an important uh, um, way of communication? So in, uh, in my workshop, I go through the fact that we can use touch and massage um, just on ourselves or on our friends or uh, like, I mean, mm. on our children. Yeah. Because, I mean, when a, when a child is a newborn, there are techniques of massage for newborn. And this is really important for the development and the neurological development of the child. And it doesn't stop to be important when you are grown up. Yeah, so, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and then the last workshop of the series, it will be about pleasure in sex. So all the liberating sexual practices, such as BDSM, queer love, sex work, and all these things can be examined on a critical point of view, but also um, what are the power dynamics in these practices and how can we use them for liberation. Mm -hmm. And all these workshops have a theoretical part, a discussion part, and a practical part in which we start to embody these feelings and start to feel, how does that feel? How does that feel to start touching people in a non-sexual way and reappropriating of that sense? Mm -hmm. How does that feel um, to see, like, get in contact with BDSM and just to see, like, in a group of other women, I did that already once. I brought all my torture instruments uh, at, a, at a workshop and the women, they were like, uh, uh, if there was a group of children and you just throw a bag yeah. of toys at them, and they were like, whoa, and just take yeah. this and take that. Yeah. And how do you use this? Where do you put that? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it becomes like uh, you remove all that pressure. Yeah. Um, and you just start to familiarize uh, with these uh, practices in a playful way and they start to become not scary anymore and you start to feel what, what, which one of these things, maybe it's good for you, maybe you like this, you don't like that, uh, you start to get in contact with this. And um, most of all, 
these workshops are also about connection and creating community yeah. and getting to know other women um, opening up and ultimately realizing that uh, we are all living the same kind of issues and needs and hopes we all crave connection we are all ashamed of our desires and when you start to see that everyone is actually feeling that uh, it loses that grip that it has on you yeah absolutely and i i often feel and that's become my mission that women among women also it really helps to break down so many issues that women have because we're all women and we can all profit from each other's experiences sometimes i do wonder if there's enough of that safe space for men as well because <laughs> i they was actually thinking to, about yeah. the same thing because right. women are doing so much work to now deconstruct uh, their role uh, and get liberated from these uh, impositions uh, and the men uh, would benefit from that yeah. as well yeah there are some I... spaces for men but not as many no and sometimes i feel maybe they they come from the wrong uh, societal patriarchal point of view <laughs> it's not the kind of safe brave space that women are encouraging just because that emotional vulnerability is just so much more prominent amongst women, especially when women are amongst women. Um, but I, I also believe firmly that by women beginning to do this work, men will follow or and profit from it too. So I'm not going to say put men on the side for now, but I do see there still needs to be so much work and so much exposure of these topics for women so that we don't feel like the the submissive ones in all of it, but that we have a say in everything and that we can explore it in a safe environment before we meet a partner on mm -mm. any level or in any kind of communication tell me again your workshops are this week is that correct uh there is the um, this is coming sunday we have the workshop about pleasure in uh, touch and smell we will do also activity with essential oils uh, so perfumed massage oils and so on and this is next sunday mm -hmm. And then the one about uh, alternative sexuality is at the end of march oh, and they're all in hamburg Mistake. They're all in Hamburg. Okay. Well, maybe we can put another Instagram live between there as well, because uh, because we haven't. Even I think when started to talk about I, uh, so many parts, of so this many topic. parts, and even what we've spoken about today, um, I'm pretty sure questions will come in again after people have listened to it, because it is so refreshing. It is so empowering, enlightening. It is just so great when. I have these conversations with people like yourself because you're lighthearted. It's not that terrifying idea of what people imagine BDSM to be. And um, I encourage everybody to, I always say before you fall asleep, that's where your mind needs to drop. And I always encourage everybody before they go to sleep, I do it with my children. I say, think of something nice. But without, I can't say to my children, think of something sexy. So, but I say that to adults. Think of something sexy and 
more often than not, we'll find our minds wandering to something we perhaps desire or crave. Because right before we fall asleep, that's where I feel all the fairies come out and they whisper something to us. And so mm -hmm. if, if anybody out there does that tonight and has questions about what we have discussed today, then uh, please, yes. please message us. I would, love, I would love to hear questions. And also there are so many other things that uh, I haven't completely oh, no. exhausted. No. Like we said <laughs> that... Uh, uh, women being dominant is liberating, but women can also be submissive in a liberating oh. way because women yes. are so used to take care of everything. Uh, but when you are a submissive, uh, you just lose, you just let the other person take care of you. So oh, yeah. you can, that can be liberating either way. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would love to hear questions. Yes. A hundred percent. I always, I always joke uh, as a mum. Yeah, you totally just want somebody else to do all the work and not make all the decisions. Yeah, yes, and yes. so many mums say to me, Lisa, have you ever done bondage? And I have, and I can a hundred percent say just being roped for, for the whole night, you lose all sense of time and you just say, okay, great. I'm out of here. You know, everybody else takes care of everything else. And yeah. I'm just going to drop into this subspace and be done with the world for a few hours. Uh, and a lot of people will ask me okay but where can i do it in a safe environment etc um obviously my work me exactly <laughs> come and talk to us i'm at please pinch me hard you're at please please counseling please counseling with a double l double l double l yes. right i'll put yes. it all underneath in the writing Thank anyway you. um and but otherwise there are so many communities out there. Can you give like a short, just like where people can go, whether it's social media or, because I feel there are so many spaces out there nowadays, um, forums, communities. Um, yes, I think the easiest and most accessible thing would be for people to uh, have an account on Fat Life, which is a social network like Facebook. Uh, it's free, and I'm not advertising it because I don't get anything. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I'm not going to put advertising because of blah blah blah. <laughs> um, so it's called Fat Life, and what is good about this is that there are groups, and uh, you can uh, like I, I don't know. Are you interested in being a dominant woman? You can join a group of dominant women, and then you can ask questions or just read what is there. Like mm. you could just spend yeah. years reading yeah. what is already there. Or are you interested in something more specific? I don't know, like fetish for uh, wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. You find a group about that on Fat Life, yeah. and then you can read about it, how to do it ethically, how to approach it, and all everything. Yeah, see, but that's great. And you can find, because, like, uh, you can find events as well. <laughs> yeah. You can find events uh, in your area. And not all events are uh, play parties in which people are actually doing BDSM. Some events mm -hmm. are just a socialization. They're mm -hmm. called uh, Munch. Mm -hmm. Munch is an event, a BDSM event in which people are just chatting, dressed normally in a normal mm -hmm. bar, and you're just chatting with people, and then you can find out what is there, what are people doing. You can ask people, where do you buy your fetish clothes? Where do you go to parties? How do you find a partner? How do you approach this topic with your partner? Mm -hmm. uh, how do you know if the partner that approached you is safe? Yeah. That's another important uh, thing. Because, uh, yeah, that's like always like how to 
especially if a dominant person approaches you, but also the submissive have their own uh, issues. Um, they can just hide some uh, bad intentions behind their uh, dominant attitude. And how do you recognize that? You speak with other people at the munch. Mm. See, and I think so, maybe we've already got the topic for our, our next chat. I think this whole topic of safety, consent, uh, all these kind of things, I think that's possibly the next step. So maybe people are now thinking, oh, maybe I'm not as vanilla as I thought I was. There's nothing wrong with vanilla. We are not vanilla shaming here. We are not king shaming. We do not shame. We are inclusive. I can't deal with that kind of thing. I always say, no, do what I you want to do, people. I'm fine with it. Just go and have I a great mean, time. I mean, sexual, being sex positive, <laughs> sex positive means uh, that you see sex without shame, but you also support uh, not having sex or exactly. having sex uh, in a classical yeah. way. Yes. Being sex positive means all of the, like, a different shade of it. It doesn't exactly. have to be extreme. Yeah, I guess we're back to the 50 shades again, aren't we? <laughs> Yes, all the fifty shades. All the shades. From all the no sex flavors. to vanilla sex to extreme sex. Pistachio chocolate chip, it's all in there. Um yeah, maybe that's the next topic that we'll get into. But yes, so your workshops are this weekend, Sunday. Also fantastic. I love the whole idea of including our senses. So many people forget about all the magic you can do, whether it's blindfolded and just having audio sensations, physical sensations. I think there are just so many things out there that we forget about. And so I love that. Also taste, of course. And the next one is in March and all that is on your Instagram, which I will put in the text at the bottom. And then I Thank guess we have so a much. date. Absolutely. <laughs> and I guess we have another date then to start talking about things like safety and consent and answering or some questions. Any other questions that people might have in their yeah. mind? Fantastic. It was really, really nice to talk to you. And, I loved it. Um, I hope we will talk again soon. Yes. Meanwhile, thank you for having me. And also, like, I will go tonight to bed thinking about the nice, beautiful things as you suggested. Yes. Let's get our brains working. <laughs> Let's get our minds rolling. I love it. Thank you so, so much for your time. And uh, everything will be out by tomorrow evening. And I will post everything on Instagram. <laughs> Thank you. Take bye care. Bye-bye. Did you enjoy that? Do you want more? Find me on Instagram on Please Pinch Me Hard or visit my page pleasepinchmehard.com or dive straight into some short naughty stories with my book, Give It To Me, available on Amazon and as an audiobook on Spotify, read by me, of course. Stay naughty, my loves. Yours, Lisa Opal from Deep and dirty.